0: And welcome, everybody, to episode 26 of the Regression to the View podcast. I am your host, Sean Moran. And I think I fell in love, Keegan. I think I Would fell you in, fall in
1: love l- with this weekend, Sean.
0: I fell in love with the NFL. I really did. I really did. And um, I don't think it's hard to realize why. Because, wow, that Thursday Thanksgiving slate was... Just one of the best football days of my life. That was just so much fun. And then Sunday was fantastic. I got to spend time watching with you in person, which was really cool. Yeah, we we got got to get together.
1: The Boys United for some football
0: watching on Sunday. You invited me to your lovely home. Thank you. That was awesome. Of course, of course. Happy to have you. And, you know, Thanksgiving football was incredible. But, you know, how was Thanksgiving for Keegan Thompson? Did, did you spend time with family? Strong. What did you get yeah. up to?
1: Yeah, I had the family come down from San Jose. Just my mom and my dad. They did cool. Thanksgiving with me and my girlfriend. I just had uh, the games going on my phone and had one ear pod in my ear all day. Just like watching electric football, kind of prepping the meals. And then my parents let me toss on a game during the meal. So I was living and the games were fantastic. That was some of the best
0: Turkey Day football I can remember. Dude, it was incredible. Uh, like, again, I told you, I fell in love. We were at a Airbnb with my girlfriend's side of the family. Everyone was cooking. I didn't have to lift a finger. That's we, op- we opened a couple bottles of red wine, and before you knew it, we were just sitting down watching football for eight hours. It was fantastic, man. It was It was fantastic. And I don't think there's a better place to start this episode than what we witnessed on Thursday. But before we do that, before we dive in, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, please do so. If you haven't left a review, give us a five-star review. You know what to do. You're listening. You're one of our 50 listeners. Leave us a review. Leave us we, a solid. We, we, Leave we us appreciate a it. If you haven't followed us yet on RTM Fantasy on Twitter, you should do it. The account is growing, growing fast. If you like memes... If you like stats, if you like highlights, we got you. If you like Keegan complaining and crying about the Jets, we got you taken care of. If you haven't followed Keegan on Twitter, Keegan M. Thompson underscore, correct? It's a, your, at KeeganThompson underscore. At KeeganThompson underscore. We'll put that in the episode notes. You can give me a follow on Twitter as well, Sean W. Moran. I'm much more active on the RTM Fantasy Twitter account. But Turkey Day football, Keegan, what an absolute gem of a football day. Incredible. Incredible. And we're not (laughs) the only ones who loved it, Sean.
1: Apparently, a lot of people watched this game, Sean.
0: 133 million total viewers. Football is king. Yeah. Football is definitely king. So three games on Thursday, 33.5 million viewers per game. Viewership was up 34% year over year. The Giants and Cowboys penalty and injury stinker had 42 million viewers, which is the most watched regular season game of all time. And to, to cap it all off, we had just an absolute offensive masterpiece between the Vikings and Patriots. I mean, just, just a great day and just a great fantasy day. A lot of oh, yeah, fantasy a... all-stars were on display. It, it wasn't like your anemic offenses. Again, the Cowboys and Lions, who always play on Thanksgiving, they're pretty fantasy-relevant nowadays. And, and to top it all off, the NFL put Justin Jefferson in the night game. So it was just absolutely to to do that. incredible. And for, for fantasy purposes, right, we had our first game of the day. Bills at Lions. This game was pretty close. I thought the Lions were going to pull this one off. They pulled the Lions and didn't. Uh, even though Josh Allen can't seem to stop throwing red zone interceptions, he still remains elite for fantasy purposes. Amon Ross St. Brown is so back after oh, this ankle so injury. So, so back. Since he's came back from the concussion, he's been averaging 17.6 fantasy points per game He's been the King wide State receiver. Kings. Yeah, King State Kings. He's been the wide receiver six along this stretch. Um, aside from that, DeAndre Swift kind of showed a little bit of signs of life, but Jamal Williams continues to lead this backfield and score one-yard touchdowns. I just that taxes and Jamal Williams on the one-yard line. Regression would indicate that he would stop scoring touchdowns. Um, He's regression-proof at this point. Oh, it'll come for him. It'll come for him next year. <laughs>
1: What year, you think? Year? Would- That's right, but this year he'll
0: be fine. He's just this year's James Conner. That's really what he is. He's well a- what did you think about this game in particular? Anything else stand out besides Amin Ra, Jamal, Josh I Allen? Think, I think for me,
1: I'm just amazed that even when Josh Allen is not playing like Josh Allen, like he still winds up QB1 on the week, you know? Like he's been very off. From what we've seen last year, and Josh Allen still ends up as a QP1 of the week. And I think you said it in the notes, erratic. But he is elite for fantasy, and it makes him so fun to watch. And I think Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen connection is just, I think, one of my favorites to watch. I, I love those two. And they love each other. They're just actual just brothers on the field, going to bat for all fantasy managers. It's incredible.
0: Connection's been a little strange, though. It's been... A little touch and go. He he doesn't get a target in the last game, the Browns game, for like a half. And then he he has that weird conversation with Sean McDermott and then automatically scores a touchdown and and has a decent day. He has like basically no points in the first half and then finishes with 20. 20. That's That's what I'm saying. It's amazing. Weird. Really weird. It's like the Bills are still winning. The offense is able to move the ball. But it just seems a little out of sorts. So it's something to monitor, but... Oh, I,
1: Isaiah McKenzie, yeah, I guess. You know, that
0: that was another surprise to that game. I mean, he had a great day. Much to the chagrin of my Gabe Davis shares. Yeah, Isaiah McKenzie went off. Isaiah oh, a is a good player. Playing special teams. That's what Nathan <laughs> Hines <laughs> is doing. Yeah, And he's playing pretty good special teams. He looks pretty good as a punt returner out there, not going to lie. I that and what you, they traded all the all, is that what they traded him for <laughs> for turn once traded him for like a sixth round pick I I I don't, I don't know, know that. I don't know and James Cook was open for that checkdown and I had that joke that Josh Allen just can't hit a checkdown and then it looks like if you watch the all twenty two film like James Cook ran the wrong route and it was like almost on James Cook it's interesting I don't I don't get it they they keep trading or drafting running backs that are theoretical pass catchers and then don't no throw to them. Yeah, because their quarterback is an alien who either runs for first downs or throws the ball 40 yards downfield. And I think what needs to be talked about with Josh Allen, because you mentioned that even though he's been erratic and throwing red zone interceptions, like he's still QB1, QB2 for fantasy, it's because of the rushing. Yeah, he's been using his feet a lot lately. In this game, he had 76 yards and a touchdown. And the game before the Browns game, where he had a stinker, he had six runs, eighty-four yards. The game before that, eighty-six yards and two rushing touchdowns. He's been carried nine by his, yeah, he's yeah. been carried by his rushing production, and no one's really talking about it. But basically, his legs are keeping him fantasy relevant while he deals with this UCL UCL injury. So it's, yeah, I it's mean, definitely I mean, something to monitor.
1: Other than yeah, like you said, the Cleveland game. I mean, he almost hit eighty rush yards in three out of four games. Um, with four rushing touchdowns and or three rushing touchdowns in that span.
0: Yeah. So Josh Allen is staying relevant rushing. Amedra St. Brown is absolute beast. DeAndre Swift still kind of in the doghouse. Jamal Williams is just gonna score 30 touchdowns this season. Regression isn't coming for him. Steph Diggs, relevant. Isaiah McKenzie pops up. It was a great morning matchup. In the afternoon. A little bit more of a stinker, kind of an inner division matchup where the Giants are playing banged up, and they're just going to try and muck it up, make the Cowboys play in the mud. And that's how that game was appearing to play for the most part until the Cowboys broke through in the second half. Not too much to say in this one. I think what's really important to take from the Cowboys' side is it looks like CeeDee Lamb is blossoming into this alpha-wide receiver that we've all hoping he could become for the first two seasons of his career. Yeah, he was kind of a disappointment last year in fantasy outside of a couple spike weeks. A little bit slow to start this season, but since Dak has returned in week seven from his thumb injury, CeeDee Lamb is averaging 18.9 fantasy points per game and has been the wide receiver six over that stretch.
1: He's been good, Sean. He's been real good.
0: You know who he's else has
1: been good, but nobody wants to talk about it, is Zeke. He's been really good, dude. Look, Not including the games he was injured, so Week 8, 9, and 10. He's had a 15-point game with a touchdown against Philadelphia. A uh, 17-point game with two touchdowns against Detroit. He also had a two-touchdown game against Minnesota for 17 fantasy points. And a one-touchdown game against New York on Thanksgiving with 92 yards. I mean... Tony Pollard is great and all that, but, I mean, we're looking at four straight, like, non-injured games the 15 or more fantasy points from Zeke.
0: Pretty freaking good. You can play both of these guys as fringe running back ones, rock solid running back twos. You saw Pollard didn't have that good of a game in this one, even though him and Zeke kind of split it 50-50 down the middle. No Mm -hmm. explosives really generated for Pollard in this game. Not a ton of work in the passing game. I'm not too concerned about Tony. He's kind of set and forget for me. But yeah, Zeke in his last four healthy starts has gone over 15 fantasy points. No one wants to admit it, but he's been pretty viable for fantasy. And in this last game against the Giants, he looked awesome. Average close to six yards per carry in this one. So yep. Zeke has been pretty sneaky good. Pretty sneaky, sneaky good. good. And on the giant side of things, Darius Slayton has that big catch. Daniel Jones continues to be fantasy viable because he rushes a ton. Saquon, a little bit slow of a day, still 15 fantasy points. I think he has the most bankable floor right now in fantasy. Just given this offense, given how important he is to it. Something worth noting is that he has struggled from an efficiency standpoint since their offensive line has lost Evan Neal. Mm-hmm. Evan Neal is practicing. He's expected to come back. But there's like a 50 yards per game difference wow. in Saquon's really? production when Evan Neal is in the lineup versus when he's not. So something to keep an eye out for. You, man, Saquon, you talk about safe floor. He only has one game under double-digit points. It was last I mean, week, too. It was the week before the, the Detroit, Thursday game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my it's God. Be, there have been two games now where Saquon's been missing his starting, uh, his starting right tackle, Evan Neal. So it's just something to keep an eye on. And I think they have another guy banged up too. I'm not going to act like I know the Giants' offensive line. Devin oh, <laughs> Neal, the other reason I know him is he's a top five. Yeah, he's like a top eight pick from Alabama, right, in this year's draft. But they are getting healthier along the offensive line, which I think will pay dividends for this team moving forward. So it's kind of slow game for Saquon, but I expect him to pick it up when his offensive line gets healthier. And then... And then we've, what, we've, how long have we made it into this episode already? We've made it uh, 13 minutes before we start talking about Justin Jefferson. You mean primetime Kirk, right? What an absolute cherry on top. My game was just bonkers. Justin Jefferson, another 30 bomb. Captain Kirk, who we all thought would just have pee running down his leg throughout the whole entire game. In a primetime
1: game with 33 million people
0: watching him. He says not today. Puts on an absolute masterclass of a performance. 30 for 37. Three touchdowns. He does have that terrible interception. 299 passing yards. This is against one of the best secondaries in the NFL. And, you know, I don't want to toot your horn too much but in our Thursday Thanksgiving Primer Twitter thread that you dropped, you said that the Patriots run a lot of zone coverage, and Justin Jefferson is one of the best receivers in the league against zone coverage.
1: He is. Statistically, he is.
0: I just think Justin Jefferson should probably be in the MVP conversation at this point. Like, obviously, Kirk had a good game, but it's easy to have a good game when you have a receiver like that. I just, he's just always open, dude. (laughs) And he wins in every area of the field. Even when he's not open, he can catch the ball. If he's not open, he's open. But he he, he can catch a 30-yard deep ball, and he knows he's about to get hit, and he somehow is, like, slippery and doesn't get hurt, knows how to protect himself, and just always catches critical balls in critical moments. Like, he's really clutch. Like, really, really clutch. And he's playing in big games really for the first time in his career because this is the first time the Vikings have been really good. And he's proving to not only be one of the most prolific receivers ever to start a career, but he's also super clutch. And I know we're only in year three of the Justin Jefferson experience. Year two? No, this is year three. No, this is year three. We're in year three 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 of the Justin Jefferson experience. He's the fastest player to ever get to 4,000 yards, beating Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, all the greats, Calvin Johnson, all the greats. Like, do we think Justin Jefferson's going to be an all-time player when it's all said and done? Do you, you think he's going to be the GOAT?
1: Absolutely. All he has to do is be like 70 or 80% of what he's already been, and it will be an all-time great. I mean, he's, he's incredible. He's-
0: so, you, so I said all-time great. Do you think he's going to be the GOAT? Go?
1: Mm, I don't know. That's too hard to tell. He he can be an all-time great at this pace. I mean, through 11 games, he's already got 1,200 yards and 81 receptions with five touchdowns. I mean, that's just through 11 games. I mean.
0: you would argue he's having one of the greatest starts to a career for any fantasy easily. player. For fa- any fantasy player of all time. So if you drafted easily. this guy in Dynasty, he has not Disappointed you for one second, except him not starting the first two games behind BC Johnson, Mike Zimmer. What are you doing? But I mean, Justin Jefferson, man. I just he he's delivered on all the hype this off season. I drafted him over Cooper Cup in multiple leagues. A lot of people Same. laughed at me to start the season. Not for now. Can't predict injuries, but I just man, Justin Jefferson is special, dude. So I that was awesome. And then, you know, as a card carrying member of the I hate Mac Jones club, it's almost like personal for me because I just really didn't want him to be a 49er. So I just grew this great distaste for Mac Jones leading up to the pre-draft process. I was pretty surprised at how well he played in that game. And if you look at his next gen pass chart. Just a bonkers game. Bonkers game for Mac Jones. Just. He had, a, he had a good spray chart. I'll give him that. I mean, dude, completing passes all over the field. 20, 30 yards downfield. He was also checked down Charlie. Ramondre Stevenson, King's Day Kings. Ramondre had a 30% target share in this one. Bonafide, set and forget it, RB1, rest of season. Damian Harris is already hurt again. Ramondre is an RB1. Do you think that this Mac Jones performance is an aberration against a bad secondary for the Vikings? Or do you think Mac Jones is here to stay, and that pass catchers in this offense are going to benefit I mean, from it?
1: Played pretty well against the Jets defense. I mean, he completed twenty three of twenty seven passes against us for two hundred forty six yards in some terrible weather conditions. And you know, he's he's. I'm not going to call him a good quarterback. He he can please contribute don't the please the don't rock. No, I won't. I won't. I I can't like say it in good faith that Mac Jones quarterback but I don't I don't love their pass catchers right but like you know Jacoby Myers can be relevant and if Mac Jones plays well like this Ramondre is to the moon late season you know potential league winning running if you've got him because the work that Ramondre gets even when the team is bad is one thing and then when the team's playing well and putting out points Ramondre is a whole different beast so I'm I'm game for some Mac Jones positive play, but I don't, I can't call their pass catchers relevant based off two games where I thought he distributed the rock pretty well. Cause he's been pretty mediocre this year and even lost his job after his injury. And it was kind of weird situation with him and Bill Belichick. So I don't, there's not much there for me as far as ceiling goes. With Jones.
0: I, I don't really want to add Mac Jones in fantasy, but you know, I did lose Kyle Pitts, and for everyone that lost Kyle Pitts, is Hunter Henry an option? That's yeah. one that's interesting about this offense. Like you know, is, is, can Hunter is, Henry keep that up? Is Nelson Aguilar an option with Jacoby Myers down? Like I just think it's important to ask ourselves this. Like, basically the only player in this offense worth playing this season was Rabondre. You could get away with Jacoby Myers for some weeks. Mm-hmm. But if Mac in this offense can play better, and do what they did, you know, 80 to 90% of what they did against the Vikings. You know, we're we're now looking at a roster of players that are worth playing in fantasy, which is something we couldn't say 3 weeks ago. So it's Whatever definitely something to keep an Taquan eye on. Thornton? I mean, he's you know, he's a rookie. Bill Belichick doesn't play rookies. It's tragic. He's got some he, wheels on him. He doesn't play rookies. It's just something they don't do. Like Mac played last year. Ramondre Stevenson, I promise you, was pretty similar last season to what he is now, and he couldn't get on the field because he's a rookie. Belichick doesn't trust rookies. He wants you to earn it. So I'm not that surprised with Taekwon not really playing, but he'll play a little bit more if Jacoby's seriously hurt. Outside of that incredible Thursday slate, a couple storylines worth monitoring, uh, backup QBs coming in to save the day for underperforming wide receivers?
1: We'd love to see it, Sean. And two of them are near and dear to my heart. Sam Darnold and <laughs> Both Mike of White. Them. Both of them. Both of them. Sam Darnold and Mike great. White.
0: New York Jet, great. It's Mike White and exactly. Sam Darnold.
1: They're bringing us more of the Moors, Sean. Wow, DJ I see Moore. what you
0: did there. Wow, DJ dude. Moore,
1: a huge day with Sam Darnold at uh, quarterback. And Elijah Moore finally gets back into Pater and scores a touchdown in Mike White's first start of the year without Zach Wilson. I mean, you couldn't have wrote a better script. Sam Darnold goes off. Zach Wilson has to take a seat in street clothes while Mike White goes off, and it's just—it's great to watch. Stevie even had a little roll in the end zone, but play of the day—he cr- crushed the day.
0: that. He crushed that. That was so heads but, up of him.
1: I was reminded today why I like, or yesterday, why I like Sam Darnold as a prospect when he had that incredible deep ball to DJ Moore. And I was oh yeah, I kind of forgot Sam Darnold can throw a football like pretty, pretty well.
0: I was pretty surprised in both of these quarterbacks. Now again, like Mike White being able to distribute it to Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Tyler Conklin, I wasn't that shocked by that. He was able to do that in a four game stretch last season. I was shocked with how good he played in the rain. I know the Bears defense sucks and is tanking, but he he looked really good. He just didn't. I know
1: this is a funny stat, and I sent it in one of our group chats. But like, even though like you said, the Bears defense is tanking, there's still something to be said for which quarterback played the best in every statistical category against this Bears defense, and it was Mike White. I mean, we're talking about Tua and. So many other good quarterbacks who've played this Bears team this year, and Mike White was the best passer against this defense so far on the year. And everybody got love. He threw he completed pass to 10 different Jets players. You saw Zonovan Knight get upgraded from the practice squad and have a huge game. We'll touch on him. Hilarious. Ty on. Zonovan Knight.
0: That's a mad lib, ad uh, Bam that's Bam. a mad lib name,
1: dude. They call him I, Bam Bam. Bam. He's got a great nickname Poor uh, Michael Carter. That sucks. Low ankle sprain, not a high ankle sprain. Okay, but so it'll probably yeah. be
0: weak. He's weak to weak if you got a low ankle I sprain. I mean,
1: having Sammy D, Sammy Darnold start a game in a, a week that Zach Wilson was benched was almost like poetry for me in a way. Like, of course, it had to happen in the same week. The prince that was once promised in New York, Sam Darnold, finally gets a chance to start again and looks pretty good. I mean, Carolina is... Okay, but they did beat the Broncos in that, like I said, that deep ball to Dude, DJ More. They Moore. put like up a clear points. reminder that Sam Darnold. They did. They Sam put Darnold up, up points.
0: Wrong. They put up points on a really good defense, and, and Darnold was good. Like, just this offensive line is way better than it was last year, and Darnold just looked comfortable, played well. It it is hilarious, and I'm sorry. He's got a cool new beard. He does have a beard, and I'm sorry. If Geno Smith is gonna make it in the NFL, I definitely think Sam Darnold is capable of making it in the NFL. I know he's not played well. He's seeing ghosts. he has happy feet, his footwork can suck, but I just if I can see Geno Smith play this well in the NFL with somebody with Sam Darnold's talent, I'm not giving up on that kind of talent. So I'm intrigued. Even though I'm not like a card carrying member of the Sam Darnold Truther Club, I'm intrigued to see what he does rest of season. I had to turn my
1: card in a couple of years ago. Unfortunately, you got I don't to. Know if I would to
0: let me redeem it. I would hate his guts if I were you. I would just be really. But he's been better than way I'm better than Zach Wilson. And and again, as a DJ Moore fantasy manager, we're loving life. DJ Moore, you know who we've been pissed off all season with is still wide receiver twenty four in PPR and has matched his career high in touchdowns. Just what a weird year for DJ Moore. And then Elijah Moore gets in the end zone. Garrett Wilson has twenty four point five fantasy points before the half. These are all much maligned receivers that are really talented that could really use an upgrade at quarterback or just a quarterback who throws them the ball,
1: like just plays in the scheme. That's what we just need somebody
0: to throw the ball, just distribute the rock, play point guard. We don't need you to be a creator. Just get the ball to where it needs to go. And if these quarterbacks can do that. These are people that are fantasy viable for the rest of the season. So it was interesting to see that. I enjoyed that. I love a good comeback story. On said, a I'm on Elijah more side. What did he say? I, I was in the storm and then I became the storm. storm Unreal storm, yeah, Unreal He said, cold. I
1: was thinking about the football. <laughs> what did he say? I kicked the football. Thinking about how much I missed it. I was like, all right, Elijah. And the teammates were happy for him. Like the yeah. teammates were chanting his name. Like. There's definitely some obvious uh, love around a lot of these guys. And Mike White is obviously very respected in that locker room and loved by a lot of those players. So no way he loses the job next week and he gets to play the Vikings, who are pretty poor past defense. We just watched and Mac
0: Jones literally carve him up. So I, I think exactly. this, is, this is a good opportunity for Mike White to continue on his, uh, his hot stretch that he just started this week. And will Sammy D keep his job through the bye? I don't know. That'll be interesting. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. He played really well. They beat a good Broncos defense. Steve Wilkes is auditioning for that Panthers job. He's going to want to keep that starting job. I think he's going to roll with Darnold. Real quick before we dive into perfect lineup, we're at that point in the season now where most people have had their bye weeks. Most of these rookies have had a full training camp. 10-11 you know, games to play, and we're starting to see a class of rookies emerge. Now, we've had fantasy stars throughout the season. Drake London got off to a good start. Chris Olave has been a rock-solid top-24 wide receiver play all season. Garrett Wilson, when he's had a decent quarterback, has looked dominant from the start. But we are starting to see a class of wide receivers that are entering the amon raw saint Brown zone. So, for anyone that remembers last year, Amin Ross St. Brown was rookie for the Detroit Lions. No one's talking about him. Fourth round pick. No one's talking about him. A bunch of injuries happen. This offense starts to distribute the ball and target Amon Ross St. Brown at an incredibly high rate. People kind of shrug it off. Whatever, it's one week, it's two weeks. All of a sudden, Amin Ross St. Brown is winning you your fantasy league. And we're starting to see it with a couple players. And if you follow our Twitter account, you're starting to pick up on how much I like Christian Watson. Yeah. A 6'4 human should not be that fast. They should not be that fast, dude. And the routes that Christian Watson runs, the target share that he's been able to accumulate in this offense, his ability to score touchdowns, which again, positive regression, negative touchdown regression is coming for him. He will not score as many touchdowns at a clip that he's scoring right now. But this guy... Is incredible, Keegan. He's a gamer. He's incredible, dude. That that yak catch that he had where essentially he catches a crosser over the middle the field and just no one can catch him. Now you're gonna put a white safety on Christian Watson. Bad things are probably gonna happen. No disrespect, but I mean, come on. That that's that's a tough look here. But Christian Watson just absolutely dusts the Eagles secondary, races in for a touchdown. He scored over 20 fantasy points three weeks in a row. He is somebody that excites me for the rest of the season. And as we start to gear up for draft prep for next year, he's somebody I'm going to be targeting. I think people are going to be out on Watson. He scored too many touchdowns. Maybe Jordan loves the quarterback. Yeah, I'm good, you know, whatever. I think Christian Watson is really special. And I think this is just the beginning. I, I, he, just, he just really excites me, dude. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Maybe I'm in love with Christian Watson, too. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it sounds just, like it. This isn't. I thought maybe it was Chase Claypool 2.0. This is different. This. This is different. He it is just a human being that's that tall should not be that fast, dude. Like it doesn't compute. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't
1: matter what quarterback plays either. It appears. Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers, Christian Watson,
0: going to eat. Dude, Jordan Love looked kind of good. I don't think I was ready for that. I don't, think, I ready I don't for, think anybody was ready for I don't for think that. I was ready for Jordan Love to come out and just look like, oh, like he belongs. Um, another guy who belongs is Traylon Burks. It's been three weeks in a row since he came back from the turf toe injury. He's being integrated in this offense. He got a high snap share this week. He, hi- he headlined our waiver wire must-add last week, Christian Watson the week before. It's his third highest snap share of the season at 67%. When he's on the field, dude, he gets targeted. Like he, it's like 20% target share when he runs a route. Traylon Burks is somebody, and yeah, I know he he was his day was helped by falling on a touchdown,
1: right? I but wish I went to Henry, but still very still generous of Derek. He's very generous of Derek to give up that just gradually snap shares increasing over the last three weeks. And like you said, he's still getting targets at an incredible rate from his lack of actually being on the field, and he's still swallowing targets when he is so. If he gets up to like eighty, eighty five percent snapshot by the end of the season, he should have some massive fantasy games down the stretch.
0: Another rookie, Garrett Wilson. We don't have to spend too much time on him, but he's been good. He's, Even when
1: Zach's playing bad, he's been good.
0: He's been good, but I mean that to score twenty four points and a half, he would have scored more if the game was close. Just if somebody dropped Garrett Wilson, or you know, the ESPN trade deadlines in two days, maybe they just. Don't want a jet on their roster. They're not believing it. They want to sell high. Go get Garrett Wilson. Like, the guy's just an absolute monster. Like, he's just a monster. And so is George Pickens. Now, George Pickens has been pretty good all year. But since they traded Trace Clay, Claypool, he's just become the alpha wide receiver. And Deontay Johnson's been one of the worst players in the NFL this season. Like, that is not hyperbole. Deontay Johnson has been awful. Um, Pickens has gone over double-digit PPR fantasy points in four of his last five games. Yes. Yep, four of his last
1: five. I'm looking at it right now. Snap shares of over 75% in
0: almost all of his games this year that he's played. He's startable. He's startable every week. If you picked him up on waivers because somebody was impatient and dropped him, or if you've been stashing him all year, Pickens is coming out. Pickens is is somebody that Pickett feels comfortable throwing the ball to, and if Deontay well, at him continues, against Atlanta next week, that's a good matchup for Pickens. It's a very good matchup. Other non wide receivers that are emerging: Brian Robinson. Turns out, if you get shot and the bullet goes in your ass and your knee, it may take you like eight weeks to get back to where you were. Robinson did but not he look looks very fine good. To me. Yeah, he he didn't look very good to start the season. They kept running him into a wall. He he didn't really look like he had wiggle. Didn't really look like he'd make anybody miss. Uh, He's looked really good for like three out of four games now. He had kind of a stinker last week, but he's gone over double-digit fantasy points in three out of his four last starts. He's like kind of entering in that fringe RB2 zone and definitely a flex play. Maybe matchup dependent, but you're going to be able to use Brian Robinson in fantasy. For the rest of the season which is pretty awesome if you drafted him in the 10th 12th round this season or if you just picked him up on waivers because somebody was impatient his
1: butt cheeks are feeling great now
0: and then rashad white who's just again uh, i've been trying for for, to White for 10 weeks uh, and he was great the bucks really can't run the ball they, they should have been able to pound the rock against this cleveland front seven just the play calling sucks. And th- this offense is kind of a mess. But Rashad White, I think, had a 20% target share in his first start. What do you have? Nine catches. Targets. Nine How targets, many... nine receptions. Oh, for 45 yards. What a day. Absurd role. He had an absurd role in this offense. Now, if Lenny comes back, Lenny probably eats into some of this rush share. I-, I just don't see his targets gone anywhere. He looked great catching the ball. One comment you and I did have, he didn't really look like a bell count.
1: Yeah, I feel he didn't like we really noticed look that like... when we were
0: watching it. And you yeah. know
1: it's crazy? I mean, he had a 90% snap share in this game without Lenny. And, you know, they don't exactly have, like, a farm of—
0: How dare you, incredible. Keyshawn Vaughn? Come on, yeah, man.
1: They don't have a farm of amazing running backs after Lenny goes out. But, you know, if, if Lenny comes back and he's healthy, he's going to eat into that share. But Rashad White could be— a very good flex option. And if Lenny doesn't get right, like Rashad, White is going to save some people's seasons, That's for sure.
0: I don't know when they're going to bring Lenny back or what that looks like, but I don't see white's role. I mean, I don't think he's getting 90% snap shares with Leonard Fournette. I don't see his role disappearing though. I just don't. I think he's somebody that has flex appeal for the rest of the season. They just do. I just do. So again, Christian Watson, George Pickens, Traylon Burks, Brian Robinson, Rashad White, all rookies that are really emerging, starting to play some of their best ball of the season. If you stashed them or if you've been listening to us for the whole year, you should have these guys. You should be playing these guys. You should be gearing up for the fantasy stretch run. All right. So no milk was a bad choice this week. We didn't have our, you know, matchups and favorite. We didn't have our start sit podcast last week. We had one tweet thread going over some of our big predictions, which was Rashad White would go off. We don't need Milk was a bad choice. We didn't have any bad this takes week. last we week. We could take a week off. We, we went one for one, baby. So we, we don't we have bad takes that. if you don't make any takes. We can live for that. And we didn't have any perfect lineup predictions. So, again, you didn't have to hear hilariously bad perfect lineup predictions that Keegan and I yeah. typically have week in and week out. The perfect lineup this week in fantasy... There's some some big names. There were some consistent faces. A couple people coming back to fantasy prominence this week. And then just a complete oddball here showing up. Uh, Keegan, why don't you run us through the perfect lineup this week? Let's start at
1: quarterback. Uh, Josh Allen had a great day. 29.9 points. Um Completed twenty four his forty two attempts with two hundred fifty three yards, but like we mentioned, did all most of his point damage on the ground. He did throw two touchdowns, at the interception. But he had seventy eight yards on ten attempts and a rushing touchdown. It's a great day for the Alien, um, Josh Jacobs. Oh my goodness! RB1 oh my goodness! Maybe the most monster, one of the most monster performances outside of uh, Joe Mixon's fifty five point outing. He had a Derrick on. Henry.
0: He had a Derrick Henry day, like without and, the touchdowns. He had a Derrick he won Henry the level game for them,
1: like. Like, it. He, like, he was incredible. He was incredible. For Josh Jacobs, they don't win that game. I mean, dude. 33 attempts for 229 yards and two TDs. Dude, his receiving game. Receptions.
0: What he did in the receiving game was nuts, dude. Like, he, every time I saw him on the screen, he was just breaking tackles. He just couldn't he's go the best. down.
1: Like, I know I said this earlier, and I, I said, and like, earlier on our um, midway through the season MVP reports, he's the best running back in the NFL you know, like like type of running back. I'm saying like wow. classical running back. He's the best running back. That's bold. In the NFL.
0: That's bold. He is.
1: You go look at how he runs the ball. I don't mean like fantasy production and all that stuff. He is the best pure running back in the NFL. He had a great day.
0: Wow. Over the king and over Chubb. I mean, he. you can say the work he's done as a receiver this year has just been, has, has catapulted him to the top. He, he is by far and away the fantasy MVP this season. Like, it oh, has to be. You got I've him in so the so sixth, seventh round.
1: So many tweets today from all like the fancy accounts talking about like players they drafted over him. Like people like Cam Akers went over Josh Jacobs. Like people yeah. were drafting Chase Evans over him. Yeah, I mean AJ Dillon, for sure. AJ Dillon. Dillon, easily. So, way to go, Josh Jacobs. Uh, RB two on the week. Here's a name we haven't had in this lineup all year, Miles Sanders. and mm-hmm. I mean, the Eagles' rushing game this week was outstanding yeah i, mean, I know just,
0: about miles sanders are you kidding me <laughs> justin say just killed me with miles sanders in our home league where i'm 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 dying so, here i'm dying, I watched, here. The, I'm I, dying I've, here. I've watched your team fall apart live sitting next I, to I'm, him on the couch. I, i'm i'm dying here i got alvin Kamara and Damian pierce at running back and i've got uh, Miles Sanders going for a 30-burger on my head on Sunday night. 31
1: points this week for 143 yards on 21 attempts, and he had two touchdowns to go with. I mean, the Eagles' run dominant. game was incredible. Yeah. The way they dominant run the rock run is insane. Um, dominant run game. Wide receiver one, Justin Jefferson. Our guy. Thanksgiving Day. Our guy. guy. 29.3 points. You know, 139 yards. Caught nine of his 11 targets, and I had a touchdown. Beast. Oof. And then one of our regression candidates from earlier finally turned in his biggest game of the year. Chris Goddard, 29. That's what games. I meant about 12 a
0: fantasy star, A fantasy star returning to prominence. I was talking about Chris Coming back. Massive game. 12 massive
1: receptions game. on 13 targets. I would love two or three of those to go over to Mike Evans, but it is what it is. But 110 yards and a touchdown. Huge game for God. Beast. He's, he's back. Um, in the flex one spot, this lineup was dominated by wide receivers this week, Sean.
0: But that's how we like it, baby. None of this Alman running back. Alman none of this Alman running Alman back nonsense. St.
1: Brown, twenty nine points.
0: Another one of our guys. Just a lot of our guys perfect. going off this week. I I love we, I've been predicting Amon Ross St. Brown in the fantasy lineup predictions for five weeks in a row, and he finally does it with 27 fantasy points on Thanksgiving. Thank yep. you, Sun God. We we love the Sun God. And then the surprise perfect lineup.
1: Uh Emerdy this week is Zay Jones. Holy cow, what a His day.
0: second appearance on this one. He he has wow. had two monster weeks this season.
1: 11 receptions on 14, 14 targets from Sunshine. Trevor Lawrence for 145 yards. What great a day, day from, from Trevor Jones. Lawrence.
0: Oh my oh. goodness, what a day we'll from Trevor. Uh, tight end one, Dalton Schultz.
1: A little surprise, helped out by two touchdowns, but Dalton Schultz has been great since Dak has got back in the
0: lineup, so... We've been hammering um, that for like four weeks now. Like Dalton Schultz is a must start. He's like a top five tight end play week in and week out. Maybe like even top four with Zach Ertz out. Like I've got a question for you. Rest of season, would you rather have Dalton Schultz or George Kittle? Uh, Dalton Schultz. I think
1: Too George Kittle's ceiling.
0: George Kittle's ceiling is undeniable. You can't. You can't deny his ceiling. Dalton Schultz is more consistent. You just know he's the second target behind. Yeah, Z. that's the
1: thing. He's the second option. Whereas, like San Francisco, you've got uh, Debo, Ayuk, McCaffrey, Juwan <laughs> uh, Then you have Kittle, and there's too many too many mouths to feed. I would take Schultz right now, right after who is it? It's or it's Kelsey. It's Andrews, Andrews. And who's your third tight end without... Hawk. Um, probably Hawk, right? Hawk, right? And then, well, Schultz still makes the top five as long yeah. as Goddard's injured. I so, mean, yeah, and Kittle's five.
0: in that Kittle's in that area too. It's just crazy. Dalton Schultz, a guy who can't even break a tackle, is probably a better play if, in fantasy right now than Kittle just because of volume. Dak finds them
1: where it counts, and that's the end zone. Um, best yeah. defense on the week was Miami. I mean,
0: that was... Fuck you, Malachi. Fuck you, Malachi. (laughs) I played Miami defense in a league this week in a must-win game against the one seed in the league. Hell yeah. That was awesome. Thank you, Houston.
1: The the, the stat line from them, five sacks, three forced fumbles, a fumble recovered, two INTs, and they had a touchdown. They should have had two.
0: They should have had two touchdowns easily. They could have had two,
1: yeah. Oh, and then. I know we mentioned this as a joke uh, to you and I, uh, putting him in the perfect lineup as a troll, but Nick Folk actually back in. He's back. He's back. And that's
0: why kickers are so dumb. It's because Nick Folk, who's been money all season, has a terrible game against the Jets. He misses like three field goals. He has like one fantasy point. I drop him. I'm like, I'm done. I'm picking up Brett Maher, the guy who (laughs) had 29 fantasy points the week before. And then Nick Folk has 15. This way, kickers are just so dumb. So dumb. It's, it's the worst. Uh, and again, at the perfect lineup, we start off with two Joshes. Josh Allen, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Justin Jefferson, Chris Godwin, Almond Ross, St. Brown, Zay Jones, Dalton Schultz, Dolphins defense, Nick Folk. I played a lot of the guys this week. And I had one of my best weeks I've had in a while, Keegan. Coming in as honorable mentions, Jalen Hurts. Wow. I think he had like 150 rushing yards. Yep. We'll, we'll take that. Austin Eckler, RB1, never changed Austin. He dominated in the fourth quarter of that game. James Conner, somebody that I think is a scrub, has had back-to-back pretty good weeks. Uh, so you just traded for James Conner for free, so I hate you, Keegan. Uh, but James Conner with 21 fantasy points. Brian Robinson with 20.5. Brian Robinson looked awesome. Another really strong performance for the rookie. If you're looking for a big hat, Brian Robinson's friend owns a big hat company. He's your guy if you need a big hat. Garrett Wilson with 26.4 fantasy points. Excellent day for the rookie. T. Higgins, dominant 24.4 fantasy points without a touchdown. So it's purely receptions, purely catches. Josh Oliver, shout out San Jose State, with 17.6 yeah. points as a tight end. in the San Francisco 49ers defense, who shut out... New Orleans Saints, what a performance for the San Francisco defense, 14 points. Wow. Wow, that's a good, perfect lineup, because this was an excellent week. Just, just an excellent Great week, week of football. I'm sorry, Keegan, we can't be all positive. This isn't what people tune in for. we got to send some people to jail. You're stealing, right to jail. You're playing music too loud, right to jail, right away. You're driving too fast, jail. Slow, jail. Okay, first and foremost— Dar Ogunbowale, I'm sure you're a nice human being. I'm sure you're a great guy. I'm sure you give to charities. I'm sure you're just a good human. You love your mom and dad. But Dar Ogunbowale is getting one yard. One yard goal line runs in an offense where Damian Pierce literally can't gain a yard because his offensive line has just quit. Because the whole Texans have quit. And they've ran Damian Pierce into a brick wall for 13 weeks. And he's having, again, his new standard where he literally averages minus two yards per rush because his offensive line is getting no push. And then finally on a drive where they get something going because the Dolphins have kind of let their foot off the gas, Lovie Smith is going every other drive where they're playing Ogun Buwale one drive and Damian Pierce, their stud rookie, on another. And they get down to the one-yard line. And you, are they going to put the rookie who's having a promising campaign? Are you going to give your starting running back a little love, get him in the end zone? No. You're going to turn around, give the ball to Dar Ogimboale. No disrespect to Dar. No disrespect to the Bowale's as a family. This is pure disrespect to Lovey Smith. Lovey, I cannot wait for you to get fired. Cannot wait, dude. Fantasy jail. You're going to jail. That whole thing was jail. I just I can't even I, I I can't even wrap my head around this meltdown that Damian Pierce is having right now. I just can't even that that is the cherry on top. And what's insane, Keegan, is he plays the Cleveland Browns next week, who have just awful front seven. Anyone can run on them. It's also like a mad Deshaun Watson revenge game for the Texans. Like this is a week where you should probably start Damian Pierce, and I'm gonna have to. But if they're giving snaps to dar Buwale at the goal line i, don't, I just Which don't know what i'm grim. gonna do i just don't know what i'm gonna do and then rex burkhead got a fat concussion at the end of this game so like pierce is gonna play ogunbuwale is gonna play like just jail entire organization is jokes jail unserious football just we're sending you to jail we're gonna send to jail whatever is going on with the baltimore ravens and all a three-play sequence sums this up for fantasy managers Lamar Jackson, six-yard touchdown run, gets called back. They bring him down to the one-yard line. Next play, play action, throw to Mark Andrews. Ball just hits him in the hands, he drops it. Volleyball set. Just doesn't even come close to catching it, wide open. Which is the Mark Andrews I know and love, by the way, that I had two years ago that just literally would let me down every other game, and then he turned into Gronk the year that I stopped drafting Mark Andrews. I digress. Next play, they turn around and give it to Gus Edwards. Six points, one-yard touchdown. (laughs) Just jail. Whole sequence of jail. Greg Roman has been in jail. We're extending his sentence. Stop throwing to your 340-pound fullback, Patrick Ricard. Like, you were purposely making this offense harder for Lamar Jackson. Just stop. Like, I hate this offense. I hate tuning in to watch it. And Nothing sums that up more than that sequence. And what's crazy is that every fantasy manager we have, that listens to the podcast is texting us how much they hate Lamar right now. Lamar finishes with twenty fantasy points. Like he's a top he ten play on the day. day. Yeah, he's not even playing that well, and he's like a top twelve fantasy quarterback in his sleep. So, like, imagine if you had a good offensive coordinator. I just just jail.
1: Imagine him. if they had a player like Hollywood Brown on that team.
0: Burn. That is. That that is burn. <laughs> Uh, but he didn't want to play. He didn't want to play for the Ravens. That wasn't a purposeful trade. Like it wasn't like we need we want to get rid of Hollywood. He was like, I don't want to play in this caveman offense underneath Greg Roman. I'm out. Like have fun throwing your 340 pound fullback, who's a converted defensive end. Like I'm just out. So I just, dude, jail. Like I'm I'm over it. I'm and you know you know who else I'm sending to jail, Keegan, the Philadelphia beat Riders. You don't think you can give us the fucking heads up? That A.J. Brown lost seven pounds from food poisoning and he popped a blood vessel in his eye from yacking from, so much. You, you throwing up so much. You, so you much. can't uh-huh. give it like it's your job uh, to know this. Your job. Like it, it's literally what you get paid to do. I, I like he had food poisoning last year and we knew about the whole experience leading up to it because. Because this man continues to eat Chipotle. Just stop eating Chipotle, A.J. Brown. Like, you just, you love Chipotle, and you keep getting food poisoning from Chipotle. It's just, it's automatic. Philadelphia, Tennessee, just don't eat Chipotle in those states, dude. Like, I don't get it. But come on, beat writers, what are we doing here? You can't give us a heads up. Hey, fantasy managers, Sean, I know you got a big matchup with A.J. Brown riding on it, and, you know, you're going up against Miles Sanders. Like, at least I could have known that I wasn't going to win. Because A.J. Brown is sick. And you know what's crazy? A.J. Brown still gets in the end zone. And he plays Tennessee next week. And you know he's going to ball out. Come on. You can't give us a heads up that the man is yakking his brains out? That's just jail. Like, what are we doing here? Like, what, what are we doing here? You know, like, I hope you don't even get to go home to your kids. Like, I just. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you're stuck in a hotel somewhere. I, I hope you sit in traffic for 10 hours tomorrow. I really do. I, I really do. All of you. Especially Lovey Smith. S- nope. Ogunbowale is a good person, probably. I'm not going to put that on the Ogunbowale name. Yeah, it's not his fault. Okay. I'm, good for him. He got in the end zone. Lovey Smith. I'm over it. I'm over that unserious franchise. Keegan, I know you have some people. Quickly. Who who we send to jail. Quickly.
1: I just want to send Taylor Heineke to jail. I'm so over the Taylor Heineke experience. I get the moxie. I get the... We love him. We respect him. He brings this certain, like, to the team. I can't fucking stand. I can't, I can't stand the call your own number. The Jordans,
0: you know, like the Jordans after every I win
1: and the buying Jordans for team colors at the team that you just beat. I can't stand that shit. How, here's the thing throw the football to your best players. I'm not even a Terry McLaurin owner. I'd be pissed for them just because the ball he does. out of the end zone. Oh my God. Like I know he's had a good season so far, like with Taylor Heineke playing. But like, dude, Logan Thomas, one reception. <laughs> what are we doing this week, Taylor Heineke? Like, if you go look at the stats, like there is very apparent trend that they are not trying to have Taylor Heineke run the table through the air. He doesn't have a single game in the past four games throwing over two hundred fifty yards, bro. He's they're so tired. they're, and they're winning and too, he's made.
0: So he they're winning and they've made. He's made pretty much every player in this offense better except, like, Curtis Samuel. Like, I feel like that. And you know that every game am he I wins. Am Curtis Samuel owner? Maybe. Maybe I well, am. Come so, on. You lucked into that. You didn't draft Curtis Samuel. But here's um, the thing.
1: I just can't stand the Taylor Heineke experience because, like, he thinks he's Peyton Man, Like, he thinks he's Tom Brady, you, and he's not. You know, he's he has a kicker. He's closer Wilson than he is. Than he is Peyton Manning.
0: Yeah, but you, again, he's better than Zach Wilson, and he's an XFL backup quarterback. You, you know he has a kicker in his contract, right? That he gets like a million dollars every game he wins?
1: That's insane. That is Or like really?
0: it's, it's like 300K. Like he makes money. It's like in his contract, he's incentivized to win. It has nothing to do with stats. It's all about winning. So well, that's why he posts. It's all about stats. It is, you're right. But I mean, dude, they're like seven and five. You can't send Taylor Heineke to jail. I'm not doing it. I I override it. You got another one that I like here. You want to send artificial turf to jail? I think I'm like, dude. I'm permanent. Permanent gulag. We're sending them
1: to gulag. I'm over it. I I can't believe this. Like the injuries that happen on artificial turf are like being detrimental. Like Darnell Mooney got injured on a play that he wasn't even like being targeted. It wasn't even a reception play, and he's gonna be out for the rest of the season. Eddie Jackson for the Bears like ripped his Achilles. on Worst turf, dude. Worst turf. MetLife is the worst turf, and that's our home field, right? I mean, we got to get rid of turf fields. The Ringer pod was talking about how when soccer teams, like European soccer teams, or like the Premier League come over to the U.S. to play, and they play in the football fields, they make them put in grass, or they won't play on the fields. And if it's that easy to just switch out grass from your turf, then everybody needs to switch to turf or from turf to grass. I'm I'm so over turf fields like costing people season and
0: costing people injured. Costing Kyle Pitts his year. Uh, did you you see the Lane Johnson hit? It was exactly left tackle for the Eagles. I think there's a, a big running plays running out field and the guy hits him low. Same exact hit that Kyle Pitts had. No turf. His cleat doesn't get stuck. His cleat. His leg just flings out and he just doesn't like hurts his knee. I think a little bit, but. It would have been a season ender on turf.
1: Ugh, turf fields need to go straight to awful. jail. I mean, awful. max penitentiary, no, no early parole, no nothing. Awful. Let's set the bail at two billion dollars. Never get awful. All right, I think that does it for me.
0: Okay, it's pretty short. Again, when we're this happy with the NFL this season, what's to complain about? I mean, there always is. There's always something to complain about because Lovey Smith and Arthur Smith. The Smiths. I just, let's get the Smiths out of the league. It, I will say, it, it is weird not being emotionally attached to the Falcons anymore. You and I talked about this a little bit. Good for you. I'm not still in it. I mean, I have Drake London chairs, but I mean, just like Kyle Pitts, we just we just wanted this guy to be a star so bad. And Arthur Smith had just different ideas because his quarterback has nerve damage and just can't throw the ball. And it was kind of freeing having Logan Thomas only score 1.6 fantasy points because I had no expectations for Logan Thomas. And, and I just, I watched that Falcons game with, just, I didn't care. It was weird, dude. It was kind of freeing, but I kind of miss it. I kind of want to rail on Arthur I Smith right now. Kyle, I, just can't. I miss the
1: Kyle Piss experience. I'd do anything to have it back. <laughs> hey,
0: let's head to some waiver wires. It's a busy one. Waiver Wires Week 13. Wow. Week 13. I have three Jets. I have three Jets on this list. Just to be clear, everybody, Sean
1: made this list this week. So I
0: have three Jets. And Keegan has done some pretty good research on fantasy rest of season uh, implications. He's looking for some waiver wire targets that could see extended run because injury have seen an uptick in performance and also have really soft schedules remaining a season. Now, I don't think we're going to get through all of that today on our, on our waiver wire section of the podcast, but we will drop all this information on Twitter, but it is something that is really intriguing about a trio or, or quadruple qu- quartet, quartet of Jets Quart- players, quartet of Jets players that, that are really intriguing. So Keegan, we're just going to run through all the Jets. We're just going to rip it off. We're going to do Benny and the Jets, Keegan and the Jets. That's how we're going to do this here. I I have Elijah Moore. I have Tyler Conklin. And because of this Michael Carter low ankle sprain, it'll probably keep him out a couple weeks. We're going to see more Ty Johnson, and we're going to see more Zonovan, which is hilarious. Zonovan Zaddy. We're going to see more Zonovan Knight, right? Yep. Zonovan Knight. So. Tell us a little bit about the Jets' remaining schedule before we dive into uh, each of these guys.
1: So, I was pulling some data, and this is from Fantasy Pros. If you're still listening um, at this point of the pod, <laughs> you can actually go on Fantasy Pros and check out rest of season rankings, and they have them ranked on their strength of schedule, you know, kind of who they have. And as far as the Jets' rest of season schedule goes, they have a very favorable rest of season and fantasy playoff schedule for both their quarterback and their wide receiver. Now, if that quarterback is Zach Wilson, I'm not very interested. No, if that thank you. Is Mike White. I am very interested in Elijah Moore, and he's probably still on waivers because he has not been good. Elijah Moore has an opportunity to eat. Tyler Conklin actually is a top-rated tight end by fantasy pros in their rest-of-season schedule and a great schedule for playoffs. The Jets have a awesome schedule to finish things out for their passing game. Elijah Moore can be viable. Tyler Conklin can be an option to fill in that shaky tight end spot. As far as the running backs go, this is an offense that produces numbers for the running backs. It doesn't matter if it's Brees. doesn't matter if it's Carter. doesn't matter if it's Bam Bam, Zonovan Knight. The running backs are going to eat in this. And I don't know what the heck's going on with James Robinson and why he was a healthy scratch. I thought it was some type of injury. I'm not sure. But the Jets could be some sneaky players to pick up for the rest of the season to shore up your line. And honestly, if you're a Michael Carter owner, or maybe you had James Robinson stock, I would maybe go look at Sonovan and Ty Johnson. And you could probably get away with not spending fab on Sonovan. People might forget about that and not take it too seriously. But I can tell you he was an early contender to make the roster after preseason. We just had Brees Hall, and Michael Carter. It wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna happen. And I had Ty Johnson who had already had some run in this offense. But Bam Bam was a preseason favorite by the owners, the organization, the coaching staff. This is maybe a sneaky emerging player for the Jets, right?
0: Would you rather have Ty Johnson or Zonovan Knight?
1: Um,
0: for Glenn, Zonovan, right?
1: but it's Johnson. Yeah, that's that's Johnson. the real answer there.
0: Got to be Johnson. I think both. They're probably going to play him both 50-50. And before Michael Carter got hurt, Ty Johnson was playing. Like I don't think they're going to give Michael Carter the full backfield. That's just not the type of player he is. They have it's Detroit, just, Jacksonville, and
1: Seattle for the fantasy playoffs. So,
0: And I know we spent a lot of time talking about the running backs. I'm more intrigued with Elijah Moore and Tyler Conklin. And Elijah Moore only played 35% of the snaps this week. He was only targeted twice. He caught both targets for 64 yards. He had a touchdown. Finished today with 14 fantasy points. So I think he's going to have to get more snaps before he's a consistent starter. But... This is a guy who averaged 6.5 targets per game with Mike White at quarterback last season. I think if Moore's on the field and Mike White's quarterback, he's going to continue to get targeted.
1: And he would have had more snaps, same with Garrett Wilson. Both their snaps are down, but they were blowing out the Bears. Yeah.
0: And again, this is more of the same thing with Zach Wilson versus anyone that's not Zach Wilson. Tyler Conklin in games where Zach Wilson is not playing. He's averaging 11.5 fantasy points. In games where Zach Wilson is starting, he's averaging 6.8 fantasy points, and this is including his monster 25-point game against New England. That's, That's including crazy. that. So as long as Zach Wilson's on the bench, Tyler Conklin is on the field, he's going to see volume, and he's pretty good, and he should be rostered and probably in starting lineups. If you went and got Logan Thomas, probably bet cut Logan Thomas for Tyler Conklin at this point. Um I just think you can bank on Tyler Conklin's playing time more. I, he's just—he's healthy, too. I just think it's just somebody you're going to have to go pick up. If, if, Zach, if, if it's not Zach Wilson, I really am down to play all four of these guys, or at least pick up all four of these guys. It's just crazy given their schedule, considering the fact that they're going to throw the ball, and this offense is, is going to be efficient. So I like all four of those guys. Other guys that I really like, we've been talking about Trevor Lawrence. I've been super high on Trevor Lawrence all season. I just think he's a really good player, and he's super underrated. He is now starting to really put it together, Keegan. Over his last three starts, he's been QB9 in fantasy, and the throws that he was making over the course of that fourth quarter comeback against the Ravens were ridiculous. If you look at the post-game press conferences, the interviews, they're saying Trevor Lawrence is putting it together. His next three games, he gets the Lions, he gets the Titans, and he gets the Cowboys all secondaries that can be beat and if you have fields injured you know if you're still trying to piece it together a quarterback i think trevor lawrence is an ad what do you think
1: i love it yeah i mean the throws that he's made insane you know insane and outside of that i think it's growth of trevor lawrence just like as a player like showing a lot of emotion on that field and that comeback went and you could tell the guys are rallying we all knew he had the arm talent it's just like did he take the next step like and being like a pro ready quarterback and he sure looked apart the these past couple of weeks and he knows how to get the ball to players. I mean, shit, Zay Jones lined up in the perfect lineup this week. You know, Trevor Lawrence is a good late season quarterback option to add that you don't really have something like this talent wise um, with potential high ceiling late in the season. So, Trevor no, Lawrence yeah. is a great add.
0: No, yeah, I agree. Other kind of deep-cut wide receiver dart throws. Again, these aren't the sexiest names, but they could be really solid contributors as flex options down the stretch. DeAndre Carter. So since the Chargers Week 8 by DeAndre Carter has been the wide receiver 13 in PPR in total scoring. If you take it at point per game, he's been wide receiver 25, so still in that wide receiver 2 range, averaging 13.3 fantasy points per game. He's been on the field for 80% of plays. He has a 15% target share, relatively deep A dot. Mike Williams is banged up and he isn't practicing. Keenan Allen has barely played this season. You know my thoughts on Josh Palmer. He's not really the definition of consistent, but Herbert and this offense are starting to pick up steam a bit. DeAndre Carter has played well. So I don't think I'm like running out thinking he's a wide receiver too, but he's definitely a solid. Wide receiver three, wide receiver four, flex play. I just do. I think he's played really well, and he's been doing it for over a month. Another guy that I think is worth adding is Van Jefferson. So Everyone's yeah. trying to run away from this offense, and I know it's so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. I just think Van Jefferson is somebody who is going to see targets in this offense. Like Somebody has to catch the ball. He has a 32% target share on Bryce Perkins' dropbacks over the last two weeks. Again, this offense is a dumpster fire. But that kind of volume is really tough to ignore, Keegan. He finishes the day with 12 fantasy points, a 3 for 30 and one touchdown line. I know you hate it, but man, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I could just see Van Jefferson having like an 8-catch game out of nowhere. Disgusting. You, you hate it. You hated Justin Fields in week three. I'm just telling you, I can be ahead of the the curve a little bit here on this stuff. So,
1: I actually thought Van Jefferson, had Stafford been healthy, would have been a great like ad the moment Cooper Cup went down and then Stafford disappears. I'm like, uh, Van Jefferson, I'm not so sure about that now, but Allen Robinson didn't earn any of that and I was banged up. And maybe it is time for Van Jefferson to start acquiring some, some fantasy ownership here. Doesn't mean I don't.
0: Another guy that we don't necessarily love, but Nelson Aguilar. So this is his first game since week four, eclipsing his 70% of snaps, and he turned in the second best game of the season. Six for 65 and a tug, 18.5 fantasy points, a 21% target share. Mac Jones was very good. Vikings secondary sucks. But if Mac Jones can continue to play well, Aguilar could be a play. Just saying. I know they play the Bills twice, so that's tough. But if you're playing in a league where you start two flexes, you're playing in a league where you're banged up at wide receiver, Aguilar's worth the dart throw. Somebody who's not worth a dart throw and should be on your team no matter what, and the fact that he's only rostered in 30% of fantasy leagues right now is insane to me as Foster Moreau. Since week seven, which is when Darren Waller got hurt with that hamstring, Foster Moreau has been on the field for 98% of the Raiders' snaps. He has a 16.5% target share. He's been the tight end 8 during this stretch. You know, he's only averaged 8.2 fantasy points, but we would kill for that at the tight end position. And it's not like he scores 21 week and 5 like Jawan Johnson. He's scoring like 8 fantasy points per week. He is not a sexy pick, but he has stable volume in an offense that passes the ball a ton and plays in a ton of shootouts. He's also had three red zone targets within the 10-yard line during the stretch, and I think he's startable top 12 play week in and week out with Waller sidelined. I know, not the sexiest pick. Foster Moreau, backup tight end for the Raiders, but somebody I'm adding. You got anyone else?
1: I mean, there's not. It's rough. uh, It's rough. It's rough, but like Zay Jones, make sure he's... Yeah, Zay Jones. He should be Jones it. is rostered in like less than thirty percent of leagues. Like, go check on DPJ. We know Sean Watson starting next week. Isaiah McKenzie, he's like thirty three percent rostered, being tied to Josh Allen is not a bad idea.
0: Traylon Burks is somebody. If he's yeah. available, go pick up Traylon Burks. And if Christian so Watson's for sure owned, but if Christian Watson is not, bet the farm on Christian Watson. That'd be irresponsible though. Wow. Christian Watson, go
1: Collins, I'm um, Now the wide receiver one in Houston, he's only owned in like twenty four percent. Of leagues, so and he's passed Brandon Cooks in his role. So I don't know. There's there's a couple decent names out there that can like sure up your bench. Are they home run hits? No, but now is the time to start looking at how you can add some depth for your playoff. So
0: and keep an eye on the Jaguars' backfield. Michael Hasty filled in for Travis Etienne and looked really good. It looks like Etienne is fine, but if Etienne misses time, pick up Hasty. A- Hasty's going to be the lead back in that offense. Also, Najee Harris got hurt tonight. In an ab, ab injury, which can mean a sports hernia, which would mean his season's over. Jalen Warren, who would be the priority at as a hamstring injury. So you may be picking up Booger McFarlane. Have fun with that. I think Jalen Warren will be the starting running back when uh, he comes back from his hamstring injury. And but that, uh, that's, that's it, it for uh, bargain bin waiver wires. But hey, that's how you win your league, man. You go pick up Van Jefferson. That's how you win it's, it. <laughs> it's kind of like thrifting. Like it yeah, is. It's going to Marshalls. Up. No, it's not even cool. Like, it's not even cool enough to be thrifting. It's like going to TJ Maxx or Marshalls. That's what this you is. You have to look at every rack. You got to look at every piece, or else you're some gold, everything. Well, Keegan, man, thanks for having it. Thanks for hopping on again. We're gonna have you on. I think we're gonna do a couple episodes this week kind of back to our normal schedules. So that'll be fun.
1: Yep. Should be back. Um, with Thursday, kind of going yeah. over the weekend preview, games we like, predicting a perfect lineup. We'll have some bad takes to air out next week again. Yeah, it'll um,
0: be a good time. But, um, we're going to put our whole waiver wire ads on Twitter, Twitter tomorrow with our rationale, so follow that. And then drop... I'll
1: pop into Twitter and do easiest upcoming schedules. I have some names that I didn't mention last episode yeah. I'll go over on Twitter. Um, but yeah. Oh, and thanks for joining me for football on Sunday, Sean.
0: Thanks for having me, man. You're a wonderful host. Keegan, you want a coffee? You want a sandwich? You want a (laughs) beer? I'm coming over every Sunday, man. I love that. All right, dude. And thank you again for everybody for tuning in. We'll see you a little bit later in the week.